Hey, this is Matthew Lilly. Welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. All right, on today's episode, we're going to talk about mountains. We're going to talk about the pyramids and the Tower of Babel. We're going to talk about our podcast logo, our ministry logo, which has a mountain on it. And we're going to talk about the presence of God and why in the Bible it always talks about God being on a mountain or this idea of going up the mountain to be in the presence of God, those kinds of ideas that we sing about, we read about in the Bible. What's the deal with all the mountains? Uh, I want to live in the mountains one day, my wife and I. We're here in North Carolina, and we have beautiful mountains in the western part of the state. We live in the eastern part of the state, but our dream is to one day end up in the mountains of Western North Carolina, and we love the mountains. And so I'm going to talk about mountains and the mountain of God, and specifically this idea of Zion in the Bible, Mount Zion, and the significance of that. If you want to experience the presence of God and understand these biblical themes, then stay with me here today. I'm going to do a short little Bible teaching on Mount Zion today. Before I dive in any further, I just want to welcome you if you're new to the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Presence Pioneers podcast exists to equip you and your community to experience more of the presence of God through worship and prayer. We just believe God's presence changes everything, and we want to help you with that. So on Thursdays, we release new episodes. They're either short little Bible teachings like what I'm doing today, or they're extended interviews and conversations with key leaders in the day and night worship and prayer movement and Bible teachers, uh, but all for that goal of equipping you to host the presence of God and experience more of His presence in your life. So please hit subscribe wherever you are tuning in today. And if you would, visit our website, presencepioneers.org. We've got all of our previous episodes up there. You can search You can look by keyword or by topic. You can also learn more about our ministry and make a donation to support the podcasts and our ministry up there if you would like to do that. All right. Well, I want to talk about mountains. If you've seen the Presence Pioneers logo, you've seen we have this little mountain on our logo. And there's a reason for that. It's because all throughout the scriptures, all throughout the Bible, a mountain is representative of the presence of God, the presence of God. And so I want to look at some of those instances and, and just remind you of the significance of it. If you've studied the Bible or, or read through scriptures very often, you've seen this theme come up multiple times. And I believe, and some scholars believe, and I, I tend to agree with them, that in the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve were, when God created the world, that there was actually a mountain in Eden. And so that's based on this passage in Ezekiel chapter 28. It's not in Genesis. Genesis doesn't say that there was a mountain in Eden, uh, but Ezekiel 28 seems to hint at it potentially. So this is a passage, Ezekiel 28, starting at like verse 12 and 13. Some people attribute this to Satan or to Lucifer, that he was there in the garden. Some people actually attribute it to Adam, but either way, it's an interesting perspective on the Garden of Eden here. It says, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. And then it lists out all these stones. And then verse 14, it says, You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. 
And so he's saying, you were in Eden, you were on the holy mountain of God. So he's saying that apparently in Eden, there was a mountain and God was on this mountain. This was his mountain. This was where his presence was manifested and that either the garden was on the mountain, the side of the mountain or at the bottom of the mountain. I'm not sure, but it's quite possible that in Eden, there was a mountain. God was there. And obviously Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. What happened shortly after that, interestingly, is the Tower of Babel, right? So why on earth are they trying to build a tower to get to heaven, to get back to God? It doesn't make any sense unless perhaps in their history at that time, they understood that at one point God was on a mountain and maybe even Adam and Eve would go up the mountain to interact with the Lord in a, in a particular way uh, at that time. Maybe God would come down from the mountain and walk through the garden in the cool of the day. Maybe that's how it was. I, I'm not sure, but it's very interesting that you have all throughout ancient history, these pyramids and ziggurats and these, these buildings that look like mountains that humans were building as a way to interact with their gods. And I believe it's because from ancient times that God was interacting with his people on a mountain. And so the Tower of Babel was man's attempts to get back to God, to find their way back to the presence of God. And somehow this idea was that God was up because he used to be on a mountain. And uh, this potentially goes back to the very Garden of Eden. It's interesting to think about at least, right? But you continue through the scriptures and God continues to encounter people on gardens. So the first time the word worship is ever used in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 22, when it talks about Abraham bringing Isaac up the mountain to offer him as a sacrifice. God says to kill Isaac. And of course, he stops them, provides a ram for the offering. But that's the first time the Bible uses the word worship and it's connected to the idea of going up a mountain and offering a sacrifice, which is very interesting. When God brings his people out of Egypt, I'm going to be flying through today, guys, by the way, just going through scriptures uh, very fast. But, but I'm trying to paint a picture for you uh, throughout the Bible here. So when God brings his people out of Egypt, the Jewish people, he says he's going to bring them out so that they can worship. And he takes them to a mountain, Mount Sinai. And it's in this Exodus 19 encounter. Moses gets them to Mount Sinai. God says that I've called you to be a kingdom of priests. Uh, he releases this revelation about uh, being priest and being a kingdom unto God. And there's the presence of God, this wild manifestation of the glory and the presence of God on a mountain. And it's almost as if God's saying, hey, remember the Garden of Eden, remember Adam and Eve and the access they had to my presence. I want to restore that access to my presence to you, my people, Israel. And the full manifestation of that, they didn't experience at the time, but that was the heart of God was to restore his people to his presence so that they could know him and love him and be loved by him and uh, be in his kingdom with him. So you see Mount Sinai, uh, where God initiated uh, his covenant with his people. Uh, the Mosaic covenant began to release the law, the tabernacle, so that God's presence could be with them as they wandered. Uh, and then the next instance you see that's very significant is on Mount Zion. So King David established his tent or his tabernacle, which we've talked about on this 
podcast before, he established his night and day worship tent on a mountain in Jerusalem called Mount Zion. You can read about it in First Chronicles. And I'm going to talk more about Zion here in a few minutes. But you have Mount Sinai, Mount Zion, then you have Mount Moriah. So when the temple was established, the permanent place of God's dwelling, uh, it was also on a mountain. So, so the mountain seems to be connected with this idea of a dwelling place of God, the presence and the glory of God, that, that it's a place where God rests. And we ascend up the hill, up the mountain, to come into his presence and to minister to him as a kingdom of priest. Even Christian tradition says that Jesus died on a mountain or a hill. It doesn't exactly say that in the scriptures. It says it was a place called Golgotha, but most people believe because Jerusalem was very mountainous that Jesus went up a hill and was nailed to a cross on the hill of Calvary. Uh, some people even believe that that hill was the hill Mount Moriah, uh, where the temple was originally established as well. Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content, such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024, with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media. .presencepioneers.org to sign up today. Or potentially the hill that Abraham and Isaac went up during that first sacrifice, that first time the word worship was used. So anyway, through all of that, my point is I want you to understand that when God says he wants to manifest his presence, when he wants to interact with his people, there seems to be mountains involved all throughout the scripture. It's interesting, isn't it? Psalm 24, 3 says, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? So the idea is standing in God's temple, in his presence, in his glory, and going up a hill were the same idea all throughout the scriptures. Now, let's look specifically at this idea of Zion, Mount Zion. This was the place that David established his tabernacle, one of the most important mountains in Scripture, but actually that was the only tent or the only structure that was ever placed on Mount Zion. It was actually David's tent uh, because the temple was built on a different mountain. But this theme of Zion continues throughout Scripture, and it kind of evolves as you read through the Bible 
that Zion sometimes refers to the mountain in Jerusalem that David's tent was on. Sometimes it refers to the whole city of Jerusalem. Sometimes it even refers to the whole nation of Israel, that Israel itself is considered Zion. So you have to kind of look at the context to understand exactly what it's referencing. But Zion is a word that was used in the Bible to refer to a place of God's presence. It was a place of worship, but it was also a place of government. If you remember, when David set up his tent, his tabernacle, it was next to his palace. He was the king and he was ruling and reigning for Mount Zion, but he also established it as a place of God's glory and presence. He brought the ark in and had day and night worship and praise there on Zion too. So Zion became associated with this idea of priestly worship, prayer, and presence of God, a holy place combined with a place of government ruling, reigning, and the kingdom of God, a king ruling and reigning in the midst of that, those two things together. And I want to look at a few more verses that give some context to that. Zion as a place of God's presence. Psalm 9, verse 11 says, Sing praises to the Lord who sits enthroned in Zion. So Zion is a place where there's praise, there's worship, but it's also a place of enthronement in Zion. Praises due to you, O God, in Zion. That's Psalm 65, 11. Psalm 87, 1 through 2 says, On this holy mountain stands the city he founded. The Lord loves the gates of Zion. So you have Zion and the mountain you have it as a place of worship. You see the same theme throughout the scriptures. Isaiah 56, 7, God says, I will bring them to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. So the mountain is the place of prayer. It's a place of worship. It's Zion. Joel three seventeen says, you shall know that I'm the Lord your God who dwells in Zion, my holy mountain. So Zion the mountain is this place of God's presence. You're seeing the connections here, I know, because there's just so many scripture and I'm only actually sharing a few of them on this podcast. There's probably dozens that could be read about this idea of the mountain being the place of God's presence and a holy place. One more though, Isaiah 2 says, it shall come to pass in the latter days, this is verse two, that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains. It shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So Zion's this place of God's dwelling. It's his house. It's his presence. It's a place that he teaches us. It's a place of his word. It's a place of encounter. It's a place we hear his voice. This is Zion. This is the mountain of the Lord. But Zion's not just a place of worship. It's not just a holy place, but the one we worship is a king who sits on his throne. God is enthroned in praises. So Psalm 110, which is a chapter about the priesthood in verse two, it says, the Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter rule in the midst of your enemies. So God is out of the place of Zion. God is ruling and reigning. It says his scepter goes forth. Psalm 146.10 says, the Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Psalm 2 verse 6 says, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. So you have the holy hill, you have Zion, 
You have a place of worship. You have the place of the king. So God is not only there to be worshiped, and not only is it a holy place, but this idea of a mountain is a place of ruling and reigning. It's the kingdom of God, the government of God. And so going all the way back to Eden, obviously God's kingdom was on earth at that time. God was literally here manifesting his presence, having his way. And the fall separated that. There's now heaven and there's earth, and earth is in need of the kingdom of God. God is not on the earth ruling and reigning anymore, even even though he is ruling and reigning in our own hearts. And so there's this desire to see his kingdom come and his will done on the earth again, as it is in heaven. There's this desire for Zion uh, in our hearts. One more, Psalm 48 says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, his holy mountain, beautiful in elevation is the joy of the earth, Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king, the city of the great king. So it's the city of the king, but it's also the place of praise and worship. So I think you're getting the picture by now. What does this mean for us as Christians? Well, in Hebrews chapter 12, the writer of Hebrews brings up this idea of Mount Zion and, and shows us that because of Jesus, if you read through the book of Hebrews, it's beautiful. Because of Jesus and his blood that was shed for us, we have access to the presence of God. We can, quote unquote, ascend the hill of the Lord. We can stand in the holy place. We can be with God. We can know him. We can experience his presence because Jesus has made a way for us. So Zion uh, historically was the mountain in Jerusalem, or it was Jerusalem. Uh, now Zion is referred to in scripture as the heavenly Jerusalem or the heavenly throne room, that that is Zion. And we can go, we can ascend that Zion. Let me read it to you here. Hebrews 12, verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. That's beautiful that we have come to Mount Zion, that those of us who are believers, that we can enter in to the presence of God. We can spiritually experience the glory and the presence of God. We don't have to be in Jerusalem to experience that. We can ascend. We can experience God's presence and his glory right now. And he has called us to be a royal priesthood, to be that kingdom of priests that minister to him and that steward the earth as a place of his presence. We are called to advance the kingdom of God onto the earth, to preach the gospel, to live out the values of the kingdom, to heal the sick, to see God's power released and to influence the earth for his glory. Hebrews 4 says, we do not have, this is verse 15, we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Draw near to the throne of grace. So my exhortation here at the end is draw near. Draw near to the presence of God. Every time you see that little Presence Pioneers logo, if you see that little mountain Remember, we can draw near to the presence of God. We can ascend that holy place as we worship, as we pray. We come by the blood of Jesus, 
and we can interact with God. It's amazing. We have access to the presence of God. We have access to Zion. And one day Jesus will come again and he will rule and reign on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. But even now we can experience his presence and his power. God, in Jesus' name, I pray for anyone who listens or who sees this, I pray that they would enter in, that they would come boldly, that they would take advantage, Jesus, of what you have given them, which is access to you, access to your presence, to your kingdom, to your love, to your grace, to your mercy, and everything that's needed flows out of the place of your presence. I pray that we would enter in and take advantage of what you have given us, Lord. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if this was helpful or interesting to you today, share it with somebody who likes mountains, somebody that's interested in the pyramids. They might find this interesting or people that are hungry for the presence of God. Please share it on social media. If you can, share it with your friends. If you're not subscribed, hit subscribe. If you're on iTunes and you've listened to this whole episode, hey, could you leave us a rating or a review? That really helps us. If you're on YouTube, give us that little thumbs up. Leave a comment if you'd like to do that. We love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget that God's presence changes everything.